We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 5, Verses 4 to 7. Final Instructions to Maharaj Purusha. Text number 4. Svapneyata shiras chedam Svapneyata svayam Panchatva Adi, the condition of being composed of the five material elements and other material conditions. Atmana, one's own. Swayam, oneself. Yasmat, because. Pashati, one sees. Dehasya of the body. Tata, therefore. Atma, so. He, certainly. Aja, unborn. Amara, immortal. Translation. In a dream, one can see his own head being cut off and thus understand that his actual self is standing apart from the dream experience. Similarly, while awake, one can see that his body is a product of the five material elements. 
Therefore, it is to be understood that the actual self, the soul, is distinct from the body it observes and is unborn and immortal. Mukam karati vachalam bangam langatekini kantamam vande sigurun tinatavyam omakyanati virandasya gyanam sharashavakaya chakshuviditam yena tasvai So, Maharaj Pariksit is going to die in a few seconds or minutes. And these are the final instructions Shukadeva is giving. You're not going to die, you're eternal, you're not the body. So the, these the verses which I have today are especially showing us how logically the body and the soul are different. Here in this verse it's described how the soul is the observer. Uh, there's throughout three different levels of consciousness, dreaming, deep sleep, and wakefulness. How the body and soul are different in the dream. While you're dreaming, you see yourself dying. So how can you, how, how can you see yourself dead? It means you're not, the, you're not that, what you're seeing. You're different from what you're seeing. You're the observer. So three states of activity, wakefulness, dreaming, and deep sleep. And we can perceive this, these three things with our intelligence. And intelligence is coming from super soul. So text number five. Gote bine gatakasha akashasya yatakura evam de mite jivo brahmasambhadyate pura. When a pot is broken, the portion of sky was in the pot remains as the element sky, just as before. In the same way, when the gross and subtle bodies die, the living entity within resumes his spiritual identity. So here the body is compared to a pot, and the soul is compared to the sky inside the pot, or the air that does not mix with the body. So we learn from Uddhava Gita, the difference between the body and the soul, by, uh, from our guru, we have two gurus, the air and the wind. There's 24 gurus actually, and even 25. But two of our gurus can help us understand this analogy here. One is the air, the wind, although a self-realized soul can live in, may live in various bodies, while in this world, he's never entangled. Just like the wind, which carries aromas, does not mix with those aromas. So, the wind, what we can learn from the wind, or the air, is that it carries a sweet aroma from a rose garden, and then it drops it. And it carries a very horrible smell from the garbage dump, and it drops it. So we go through life, and we carry our happiness, and we carry our distress. But we need to learn from the wind how to let it go. Don't be entangled with the happiness and the stress of this world. So that's what we learn from the wind. What do we learn from the sky? Here the analogy is the, the sky is in the pot. So we are in the body. But we are the observer, just like the sky is the background of so many things. Um, there's the wind is blowing clouds, there's hurricanes, there's dust storms, there's so many things going on in the sky. But the sky is, is detached as the observer. 
So, so many things are going on in our lives. Wind, hurricanes, rain, emotions, happiness, stress. But we need to be the observer. We need to step back from it and realize how it is, has nothing to do with our real self. Our real self. Let's go to text six. Mana shishati vai tehan gunan karmani cha mana tan mana shishati maya tito jivasasam shiti. Translation The material bodies, qualities, and activities of the spirit soul are created by the material mind. That mind is itself created by the illusory potency of the Supreme Lord, and so the soul assumes material existence. So we've got a material mind and we've got a material body, and they're separate from the soul. So what's the connection between the two? What's the connection between our material mind? What is connecting us? Uh, in this material world. What's, what is keeping us here, actually? Uh, in Sanskrit, it's one word, ahankara. In English, it's two words, false ego. So this is the knot. There's a knot in the heart that's tying our body and soul together. There's a knot in our heart that's tying our material mind and our soul together. And that knot is ahankara. So how do we get free from this ahankara, Bhagavatam? First canto, second chapter, verse 21 explains. Vityate hridya grantis chityante sarsangshayakshyanti chaskarmani drishte vatmanishay. Thus, the knot in the heart is pierced, all misgivings are cut to pieces, the chain of fruit of actions is terminated when one sees the self as master. So, matter and spirit are connected here by a hankara. So how do we get free from this? This is explained beautifully by Srila Prabhupada in the purport to 1.2.21. Enlighten, this enlightenment perfectly enables devotee to distinguish spirit from matter because the knot of spirit and matter is untied by the Lord. So isn't that wonderful? If we hear in disciplic succession, uh, then we can, then the Lord in our heart He'll do the work. He'll untie that knot. This knot is called a hankara. It falsely obliges a living being to become identified with matter. As soon as this knot is loosened, and all the clouds of doubt are at once cleared off. One sees his master and fully engages himself in transcendental loving service of the Lord, making a full termination of the chain of fruitive action. So we have something to look forward to, that the day that will come, when the Lord in the heart will untie our knot of ahankara. We don't have to take, I mean, the sword helps, it helps, the sword of knowledge helps. It's described in Bhagavatam, seventh canto, that we have to hold the sword of knowledge, gyanasim, achuta bala. We hold the sword, but there's something else, just holding the sword is not enough. We need strength to hold the sword. And where do we get the strength from? Achuta Bala. Bala. Baladev. Balaram. Achuta gives us the sword. Krishna gives us the sword. And Baladev gives us the strength to hold the sword. And we sharpen it by discussing Srimad Bhagavatam in association of devotees. 
So this is very important to cut off this uh, material mind, material body, and use it in Krishna's service. Cut the connection, but then we have to make a better connection. Just like I was talking with one, one new person who first came to the temple uh, in Seattle uh, last week, a week ago, or 10 days ago. And she was, the first time she ever came to a lecture or a temple, and she was saying, I like to worship nature. I said, yeah, that's okay, but are you sure you have the proper connection to nature? You might have, have the wrong connection. So I said, there's, there's a way to connect to nature that will help uplift you spiritually. And so this, this is what we have to learn here, how to connect to Krishna so that we can get free from this material connection and take the spiritual connection. So that is, we do that with our intelligence. So verse 7, hmm. verse 7. A lamp functions as such only by the combination of its fuel, vessel, wick, and fire. Similarly, material life based on the soul's identification with the body is developed and destroyed by the workings of material goodness, passion, and ignorance, which are the constituent elements of the body. So now we're analyzing here the cause of creation and destruction of material life is the modes of nature. How do we experience it? Um, Maharaj Yudhisthira was asked the question in Mahabharata, and this is a different question than you usually hear is, uh, and, and the question was, what is the news? So what is the news? <laughs> the news is, this world is like a frying pan. We're all being fried. Some of us are well done. Some of us are completely fried. <laughs> but that's the news. And the sun is the fire. So the sun is taking away, ticking, the clock is ticking taking away the duration of our life. The days and nights are its fuel. The months and seasons are the stirring ladle. And who is the cook? Time. Time is cooked. We're being cooked by time. So that is the news. And if you look in the newspaper, you'll see the same thing. What is the news? This is the news. So another question asked to you this year, which is a very a question you never hear, actually, in class. It's a more obscure question. And that is, who is our best friend? So, that's a really important question. Who is our best friend? We're looking for friendship in this material world. Who is our best friend? Of course, we know Krishna is our best friend. But that wasn't the answer he gave. He said, who is our best friend? Intelligence is our best friend. So if we listen to our spiritual intelligence coming from super soul, then we will make progress in life. We can uplift ourselves. There's material intelligence and there's spiritual intelligence. And the choice is 
ours. And in uh, Bhagavatam, third canto, 26th chapter, 29, is described how intelligence is born. By transformation of false ego and passion, intelligence takes birth. The functions of intelligence are to help in ascertaining the nature of objects when they come into view and to help, help senses. Intelligence is discriminating power to understand an object and helps the senses make choices. So intelligence is supposed to be master of the senses. Perfection of intelligence is attained when one becomes fixed in activities of Krishna consciousness. A proper use of intelligence once consciousness is expanded and the ultimate expansion of consciousness is Krishna consciousness. So that's what we're here to do in this movement is expand our consciousness to Krishna consciousness. And so Prabhupada talks about super soul and how he's giving us a little free will. That He gives the analogy of a master taking a dog for a walk. So I think you might see that. Maybe even some of you have dogs, I don't know. Devotee dogs, devotee cats. Um, and you take, them for, take the dog for the walk. And you have him on the, on the leash. And the dog can run, he can sit, he can do so many things. Uh, he's, he has a little freedom there while he's going on his walk. But then the leash is there also. So similarly, uh, we are here in this material world and we've got some freedom to walk, to run, to sit, to pass. But the leash is also there holding us. And that's the super soul. Super soul is so kind. He, he's waiting for us to surrender to him. He's, just, he's not asking for much, just a little leaf of flower, fruit and water. That's all he asks. And uh, so we can give the, he, he's waiting for our love, of course. It's not the fruit, the flower, but it's our love that he wants. And uh, he came, he, Krishna came himself. He said, surrender to me. Why are you suffering here? Of course, the desire of the super soul is that we listen to him and we come to him. I think uh, in modern terminology, they would call super soul conscience. We have a conscience. So that is what we have to listen to. So Krishna, he says, Sarvadharma Purita Jamami Kam Sharanam Vracha, Ahantam Sarapapi Moksha Ishami Mashichaha. So that is what we have to listen to. That's what the super soul is trying to tell us. Come to me, surrender to me, be friends with me. Don't bother, don't bother manufacture your own ways of thinking, but take my thinking. So Prabhupada, one time he met one poet, and the poet came to him, but the poet was a bit mad. And Prabhupada said, yes, he's haunted by the two witches, bhukti and mukti, enjoyment and, and, and desire for liberation. So everybody who's come to this world, they have this, this disease, this madness. And Prabhupada said, it's not just my opinion, but it's the opinion of uh, medical science. Prabhupada talked about a court case where one judge was asking a psychologist, so in your opinion, this person who did this murder, is he crazy? And the psychologist said, well, in my opinion, everyone is crazy, more or less, in this world. That is my opinion. 
So you make your judgment. And so the super soul is very kind. He's coming with us. He's waiting for us. But if you don't want to be his friend, he helps you forget. So this is also a problem. We have the choice to forget or to remember. And super soul will help us either way we go. You want to forget? Okay. Prabhupada gives an example of a director of a play. An expert director makes the actor forget who he really is so he can play the part. So super soul makes us forget who we really are so we can play the part of our material body. We've forgotten our relationship with the Lord we want to enjoy. Unless we completely forget I'm a spirit soul, I'm not this body, and we can't play the part very nicely. But his advice is don't become entangled, surrender to me. Bhagavad Gita. And so, who wants to forget Krishna, the asuras, the demons? They want to forget, and devotees want to remember. So he helps the demons forget, he helps the devotees remember him by association with a devotee. And there's a beautiful verse in fourth canto, 30th chapter, verse 29. Whatever a living entity desires, however insignificant he may be, is noted by the Lord who gives him a chance. Oh, this is a, this is a purport, to fulfill his desires. If desires of the non-devotees are fulfilled, why not those of the devotees? So as whenever one fully surrenders to the Lord, one finds he's sitting within one's heart. He gives us direction how to get out of dangers, or how to approach him in devotional service. A pure devotee simply wants to engage in service of the Lord without material desire. And if he wants this within the core of his heart, where the Lord is situated, and if he is without ulterior motive, why should the Lord not understand? So here, then Prabhupada gives us an alternative, because super soul is very hard to reach. So he says, if a sincere devotee renders service to the Lord or to the archa vigraha, form of the Lord, all his activities prove successful. So Krishna, we're very fortunate here. We can take advantage of Radhi Sham's presence. There's a very nice, one of the last verses that Prabhupada ever translated, uh, 13th uh, chapter of 10th canto, verse 50, describes how the Lord, how the Lord as Archivigraha helps us. Uh, he says, uh, there's a verse actually, the verse says that when, um, by the glance of the Lord, and Lord Brahma, when he saw all the Vishnu forms, then he got the glance of the Lord. The Lord was glancing at him. He said, by the glance of the Lord, if you get the glance of the Lord, then desires to do devotional service are put into your, are created in your heart. It's like it's like the mode of passion creation, but it's spiritual. You get, uh, you get desires for devotional service, like the mode of passion and material nature. We get desires created to enjoy. But there's a spiritual mode of passion, and that's exhibited from the eyes of the Lord. And when, when you get the glance of the Lord, then you, you get desires to do service. So watch out. <laughs> He might look at you and <laughs> you're stuck. And the smile of the Lord protects those desires. We were hearing about that verse yesterday, how the Lord protects, how the Lord protects you. 
So what do we actually need to, to be protected is that we don't lose our spiritual desires. So if you see the smile of the Lord, then your spiritual desires are protected. Your spiritual advancement is protected. We don't want to fall down. So if the Lord, and he said how to get the smile of the Lord is by dressing him, by pleased by feeding him. And if he smiles at you, then your life is perfect. And you're protected spiritually. That was what we heard yesterday in yesterday's class. Ananyas chintayantomam. Yogakshemam vahamyam. What does he protect? He protects our spiritual level of advancement, our spiritual desires for him. Because actually when we go, when we leave this body, time of death, then it's the only thing we have. I was just following on Facebook, Parvati. I don't know if some of you know Parvati from Vrindavan. She, they said she's leaving her body. She was in the ICU. It looks like they took her out now because she, she almost left three times. Her body went limp. All the signs were that she had left her body. But then they revived her and she came back. So then she came back and she said, because you know her service, her spiritual desire is to do service for Prabhupada Samadhi. She's maintaining Prabhupada Samadhi in Vrindavan. So what was her first word when she came back? Well, she was able to speak hardly, Samadhi. So she was thinking of how she could serve. She had more plans, how to take care. She's worried, who's going to take care of Prabhupada Samadhi? So how her spiritual desires, her service was protected by Krishna, even though she almost died three times. And, uh, and she still has that desire to serve Srila Prabhupada. So isn't that amazing? Hopefully we'll be like that at the time of death too. Yeah, I mean, they said she went limp, everything, the heartbeat was gone, everything was gone, the thing went straight. They brought her back three times. And, her, and then that's her words. It looks like she's back now. I don't know. I saw a picture. It looked like she was there out of the house, out of the ICU. So anyway, um, this is what we can get by trying to do a little service for Krishna. Uh, there's a beautiful verse in, in the prayers of Shukadev. Yad kirtanam, yad smaranam, yad ikshanam. It's, it, usually we hear shavanam, kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam. But here we have a different word. Shavanam, Smaranam, Kirtanam, and then Ikshanam. Ikshanam, what, what devotional service is Ikshanam? Ikshanam means to see the Lord. Prabhupada, he explained, you just come in the temple, sit down, and look at the deities, and that's devotional service. That's devotional service. And then he gave, he gave two, another option to Ikshanam. One option, this was in his lecture, one option was seeing the deities, and another option was seeing his books. If someone sees a book, that's devotional service. So he, that was for the book distributors. But one time, the book distributors, they were complaining to Prabhupada, you know, we, we sell a book and then they tear it up and throw it in the garbage. So how did, what did Prabhupada comment on that? He said, well, did they touch the book? And they said, yes. He said, well, they'll get some benefit <laughs> by touching the book. So any, anybody who's a book distributor, I mean, we should also touch the books too, you know, that's good for us. Um, <laughs> we'll get some benefit if we just touch them. <laughs> Look at the pictures. 
That's ikshanam. You're doing ikshanam. It's not one of the nine processes of devotional service, but it's it's ikshanam. That's let's see. I think second canto, fourth chapter, verse fifteen. You can look it up. And so um, intelligence. How to understand the Lord with our intelligence? We we make these choices. Can choose to read the books or even touch the books or just look at the pictures, and that will help us to make advancement in spiritual life. So. Um, one way Prabhupada used to tell us, an intelligent person, he doesn't wait. Like it says, Bohiram Janmanam Ante Gyanavan Mam Prabhupada After many, many births, the Gyanis, the intelligent person, they will surrender. He says, but if, if we're more intelligent, then we will surrender immediately. Why wait so many births? Just surrender now and do devotional service. And so what we're practicing here is Bhuti Yoga. The, the yoga of intelligence that's described in Bhagavad Gita, 10th chapter, verse 10. yukta nam purvakam dadami yogam tam te. So Krishna, he will give us bhuti. He will give us bhuti if we engage in service, priti, with love. With love. We need a little devotion there. Uh, so sometimes... Um, not, it's not official, it's not mechanical. We have to have this devotion. We need to pray for it. If we don't have it, then please let me get beyond this mechanical sadhana bhakti. So one time, um, one devotee, they were on a morning walk with Prabhupada, and they said, you know, there's a common philosophy held by a lot of religious groups that God can be understood directly from within and no guru is necessary. So Prabhupada chastised the devotee. He said, he's a rascal, and whoever accepts him is a rascal. He says, why do you accept it? He says, why you don't know? Who, who does God talk to? He explains in Gita, I talk to one who has priti, who's always doing devotional service to me. And so Prabhupada chastised that devotee for asking that question to him. So when we contact Supersoul, what can we hope for? Actually, um, my son Govinda, when he was 14 years old, then he said, you know, Mom, if I could talk to Supersoul, I'd never be bored again. Because boredom is a big problem for teenagers. They're bored. I remember one time he was getting up late, 12 o'clock, and I was saying, why, why are you getting up so late? And he said, because there's no reason to get up. So I thought, oh boy, he's really bored. Um, <laughs> so I said, yeah, if, if you, uh, if you, he said, if I could talk to Super Soul. So I said, yeah, you can talk to Super Soul. You just chant Hare Krishna and you make a media connection. When you're chanting, you're, you're talking, you're praying, and then he answers you if you listen carefully. If you listen to the holy name, then you can get the message. You can, there's, a mess, there's messages coming through, but we have to, chant with attention and with devotion. We have to chant attentively. And the message, messages will come. And our life will be without boredom. So, what is the vision of the devotee? I was describing that in my seminar. That he sees the super soul everywhere and in every atom. And if you, in a Krishna book, 
in chapter 80, Prabhupada says, if you can see the super-soul, if you simply think Krishna is Paramatma, is everywhere, even within the atom, then you can perfect your thinking, feeling, and willing. So if you want to have perfect thinking, feeling, and willing, then just think, Prabhupada said, you just think that Krishna is everywhere, as super-soul. So we could just imagine right now, if you look at everybody, look at everybody in this room and think, okay, super-soul's there in their body. You just look, look around and see super-soul, you see it in everyone's body. Uh, yeah, then I see people start smiling because <laughs> it's a happy vision. It's a very happy vision to see the Lord in the heart, even if you don't see. So one who preaches, he taps into intelligence. When we chant Hare Krishna, we tap into our intelligence because intelligence is coming from Supersoul, Reservoir of Intelligence. That's the definition in uh, Second Canto of Supersoul. The, the form, form of intelligence. So um, the preacher, one who preaches, he taps into intelligence coming from Supersoul. One time Achyutananda asked, which is more important, to go back to Godhead or to spread Krishna consciousness? He asked Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, one who's preaching, he's already back to Godhead. He has engaged his body, mind, and, and words only to glorify the Lord. So he's Jivan Mukta, he's liberated even in this life. So it's good to be a preacher, it's good to be a pujari, it's good to be a preacher. Prabhupada said he's already with Krishna, Krishna's talking with him. Sometimes the preacher, he'll, he will say things that he never thought of or he never, it, never, it doesn't come from you. It comes from something beyond you and that's super so. So that's, every preacher experiences that on the street or in the class or whatever. Sometimes you say things or you answer questions and you don't know where that answer came from, but it's the right answer uh, because you're tapping into super soul. So also another way to tap into your intelligence is to follow the instructions of the spiritual master. Prabhupada in the third canto, he said, if a disciple is very serious, to execute the mission of the spiritual master, he immediately associates with the supreme personality of Godhead by Vani or Vapu. Isn't that interesting? Not just Vani. This is the only secret of success in seeing the supreme personality of Godhead. Instead of being eager to see the Lord in some bush of Vrindavan, while at the same time engaging in sense gratification, if one instead sticks to the principle of following the words of the spiritual master, he will see the supreme Lord without difficulty. And so what happens when we link with our intelligence, when we link with super soul, we get awakened in consciousness, we get Krishna consciousness. And that's described, what happens when we get awakened in Krishna consciousness in one purport in Adi Lila of Chaitanya Chaitamita, it says that the devotees, awakening of divine consciousness enthralls a devotee who relishes his eternal transcendental mellow. And the devotees, they're just like great scientists, exchanging their views and discussing the results of their research in scientific academies. And so we discuss our understanding of Prabhupada's instructions, our understanding of Prabhupada's words in Srimad Bhagavatam with other devotees, and then we get more, more understanding. And so we also have to be eager 
to tap our intelligence, eager to connect with super soul, eager to see Krishna, to connect with Krishna. Prabhupada tells the story of one thief who was so eager to steal Krishna's jewels from him in Vrindavan. And he went to Vrindavan, he was so eager that Krishna showed himself. So there's another story with one of my godbrothers who, was, who saw a picture of Prabhupada and he saw the watch and he wanted to steal the watch from Prabhupada. He said, I have to meet this, this Swamiji. He joined the temple in, in Juhu Bombay and said, I have to meet your guru. He said, well, he's not here. He's, he, he's in South India. He went to South India and he went to see Shri Prabhupada. And he said, yeah, I have to meet him. But when he saw Prabhupada, he lost his desire for material, just like Juva Maharaj. And, and Prabhupada picked up his watch. You want this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> but then Prabhupada uh, wanted him, gave him all, he got all opulence. He's very rich. And uh, Prabhupada wanted to send him to the West to preach. And, he, had a, and he, he wasn't going, so Prabhupada said, what's wrong? Why aren't you going to the West? And the, the devotee said, well, because... I need a passport, and on my passport they're asking me, who is your father? And I don't know who is my father. So Prabhupada said, show me that passport. Prabhupada signed, A.C. Bhaktivedanta on his passport as father. So yeah, yeah, he got, he got much more than the watch. <laughs> he got Prabhupada as his father. And we also got Prabhupada as our father, our grandfather. So we're very, very fortunate. Um, and so yeah, so we should be grateful. The child in the womb is grateful. He, he has a pair of breath to this. Okay, I'm sorry, um, I, I forgot you, but this time let me remember you. So Prabhupada had a prayer for, to Supersoul. Simply our prayer should be, this is in a letter to Devananda, 1968. My dear Krishna, Please remind me to always chant your holy name. Please do not put me into forgetfulness. You are sitting within me a super soul, so you can put me into forgetfulness or into remembering you. So please do not put me into forgetfulness. Please always remind me to chant. Even you send me to hell, it doesn't matter. Just so long I can always chant Hare Krishna. Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda are singing one very nice song in which they are requesting everyone to please chant Hare Krishna and come along with them. So that is our request to everyone. Chant Hare Krishna and come along with Prabhupada. That's his request. So a very interesting um, thing that happened about Supersoul. Prabhupada wrote a letter, um, I think it was to Hans Sadhuta, when he was in Germany. And he asked, why are, my book, my, why are my books not being printed in Germany? And Hans Sudha said, well, I, I, I can't speak German and I can't translate them. But then, he's, then he understood, oh, Prabhupada wants me to arrange it. I have to figure out how to do that. So he wrote back to Prabhupada, so how do I arrange this? What do I do? And Prabhupada said, Chant Hare Krishna and Krishna will give you intelligence. And that was almost always the answer, he said, I got from Prabhupada. He was, Prabhupada wasn't the type of manager or leader who would give details. 
He just inspired you to use your creative intelligence. In fact, so here's an interesting Prabhupada told him, I don't know if it's true now, but it was true then, 50 years ago. He said, there's a kind of an individual genius, I mean, this is true, this is true now. There's a kind of individual genius in every living entity. So that's true, there's a genius, we all have some genius. But and 50 years ago, Hasidudah looked up the word genius in the dictionary, and the definition was indwelling deity. So isn't that interesting? Genius is indwelling deity. They got it. The super soul. That's our genius. We all have genius. Just like the New Age people say, you can do it. But they don't understand what's behind it. Why we can do it. Because super soul is there. He's helping us remember how to do it and what to do. So genius means Krishna. And, and Hansadura, although he dropped out from high school, he lectured at the Harvard University faculty. <laughs> Krishna consciousness, so there's genius. What high school dropout can lecture to the Harvard University faculty? So, so that's, <laughs> that's our genius, that we depend on Krishna. We may be nothing, we know. I said, yeah, I don't have any intelligence. But because I chant Hare Krishna, we, I can tap into a reservoir of intelligence. Because I follow Prabhupada's instructions, then I get help. I get help. Okay, so we should try to do that, chant nicely, attentively, and follow Prabhupada's instructions, discuss them, and be happy. So I'll stop here. Any questions or comments? Yes. This question might be a little off topic, but in the very beginning of your introduction today, you mentioned that Sukadeva Swami would be leaving and seconds after Maharaj Parikshit would leave his body. Yeah. So I was just thinking, was it at that juncture that that Maharaj Parikshit spoke to Bhagavatam Rita to his mother, or is that some other Could you repeat? Oh, when did he speak to his mother? Yeah. He didn't have much time, it looks like. <laughs> but he did it anyway, right? Yeah. Was it at that, at that job? I, I couldn't say, yeah, but uh, I guess time is relative. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's, an in, that's a good question. Uh, I think Sanatana Goswami would know better than me. <laughs> What, when was the actual time that he spoke to his mother? Um, that information. Of course, it, maybe he gave it in, in the seed, seed form of like... Yeah, yeah, because uh, Narada, uh, Lord, the Lord spoke to Brahma, the seed, four seed verses of Bhagavatam. So who, who knows, maybe he just gave four seed verses and she, got, she, she expanded the rest, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Sanatan expanded. Sanatan, yeah, that's right. Sanatan expanded the rest. <laughs> oh, very interesting question. Yes, over there. Ragabhika. Um, you mentioned um, material intelligence, spiritual intelligence, material mind. Um, I still don't understand. Are, is there uh, a, a material mind and a spiritual mind, or does the 
material mind get purified and the material intelligence get purified and then become spiritual. Okay, is it, um, yes. You, what you say is right, and what, and it's all, both, both the things you say are right. <laughs> that the material mind gets purified, and our spiritual mind is uncovered. But at the same time, we have access to both. And that's, that's our free will. We can make our choice. We can make our choice. Uh, yeah, do I choose to forget, or do I choose to remember? And if we choose to remember, then we tap into the spiritual intelligence which Super Soul is giving us. But at the same time, our material intelligence is getting purified and more of our spiritual intelligence is showing up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Maharaj. My take on, on this question <clears throat> would be that it's not exactly that it's the same mind and it becomes pure, but it's even in these verses it, it describes the subtle body as dying. In other words, uh, what is that verse? Daniyat Yashu That by devotional service, the subtle body becomes dissolved. In other words, it's right. human. Yeah. Uh, uh, just as uh, we have the digestion and everything we eat, it's burned by the fire of digestion. So, uh, it's, uh, it's very easy to give up the gross body. It's not so easy to give up the subtle body. Exactly. But when one becomes uh, actually pure, Krishna conscious, then there is no more uh, subtle right, body. Right. Then, then, then spiritually, uh, there is intelligence, there is mind, right, there's all right, these things. Right. But I don't think it's a continuation of, of uh, the same entity. That would be mine. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that clarification. Any other clarification questions, uh, Madhu Mati? You're mentioning, uh, Ryan, about uh, this movement is to expand our consciousness uh, and Krishna consciousness. Yet, materially speaking, it seems as if, I was thinking about how, um, when it was proposed to Prabhupada, to say International Society for God Consciousness, he said, no, Krishna Consciousness. So God seems like more inclusive, whereas Krishna Consciousness seems more focused. And so it seems as if Krishna Consciousness is not an expansion, but materially speaking, but it's more, I guess, use the word narrow-mindedness, uh, that we're just having Krishna. So maybe if you could comment on that, that how it is expansion and not... Um, the, the way it, it is expansion is that the name Krishna includes all the names. It includes God, it includes all of the names of God it, because it's the source. Krishna, just like Krishna is the source of all incarnations. So Krishna is the source of Jesus, Muhammad, he's the source of all the names that we know, Christ. He's the source. <clears throat> so if we say the name Krishna, and that will also include God. God is an impersonal way of seeing God. But we're a personal movement. And we see God as a person. I mean, when, you, when people think of the word God, they could mean anything. It could mean the Brahman. It could mean the Parama. It could mean anything. 
God in the heart could mean the Parma, could mean uh, Brahman, that God is everywhere. Um, but the reason why we want Krishna is because it's very personal. It means there, he, it is, he is a person and he has a name. Because he's a person, he has a name. So it's, it's more expansive than the word God. God is very impersonal, like Om. When you expand Om, then you get Hare Krishna. When you expand, when God is, when we, it's more expansive, it's Krishna, actually. Yes? And uh, even though he has innumerable names, Krishna is the topmost name. Right. Yes, the topmost name, and it's the origin of all other names. I would just say it's much more personal. Prabhupada wanted to emphasize the personal nature of our movement. But Prabhupada was not sectarian. You know, when he went to Iran and he was hearing the prayers they were saying, he said, what are they saying? He asked Atreya Rishi. Atreya Rishi said, oh, they're saying the names of God. And Prabhupada said, oh, that's really good. That's really nice. And then Atreya Rishi said, but, but wouldn't it be better if they chant Hare Krishna? And then Prabhupada said, are you asking me to be sectarian? <laughs> so, so there, I mean, that, that's Prabhupada's mood, which is the mood of Krishna. Yeah, Krishna's not sectarian. He hears the names of Allah, he's, he, he accepts also. But we're just saying Krishna because it's the original name, and it includes all the other names. When Krishna comes to this planet, all the incarnations are going with him. They're within him. Vishnu, Narayan, Ram. And uh, when, when we have Krishna, when Krishna's name comes here, also all the incarnations come in Krishna's name too. And so Krishna is all inclusive. It's all inclusive. So Prabhupada, he was not sectarian, choosing the name Krishna. <laughs> Maharaj. Okay, a second comment. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome. Just, uh, it's kind of analogous in the sense the relationship between the term God and the term Krishna, as you were explaining, uh, in, a, in a more general sense, we have the relationship between our vision and our mission mm -hmm. also. Okay. So in terms of vision, we encourage God, which is proper, is encouraging, is encouraged by what we're right, doing. Right, 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 right. So uh, sometimes we get confused, sometimes we become carried away with our vision and we start to think that that's actually our mission. It's for preaching, we often uh, dwell in our, in our, in our vision. Uh, and I, I, someone was giving class and I'm a little bit concerned that they seem to be slipping into that error of confusing the vision with the mission. The mission is more specific. Right. And we have a particular mantra. We have a particular name of God. Of course, not only one, but we focus on it. Yeah. That would be our um, mission as opposed to our vision. Okay. Madamahan. I was thinking, I need to throw it out for the consideration of the devotees here, <laughs> that. Um, as the mind is digested, 
Krishna Chakravarta Thakur mentions that um, how the digestion works, it starts with the first bite and then it goes into the stomach where it gets divided into two categories, um, <laughs> nourishment and waste. You accept those things favorable and that is the nourishment and you reject those things unfavorable and that's the uh, the subtle body being digested into the waste. And then it seems like once it's digested, it's conserved. It's not that it's gone. It's conserved into your independence. Because Prabhupada always mentions that, or at least some places in the letters, that you can always uh, go back into the material energy, even after you're in a spiritual energy. Of course, that could be another topic. But there's quite a few references where um, the living entity always has the choice. So it seems like it's not gone, it's just conserved in the mm -hmm. independence. Right, okay. Thank you for that. Somebody else have a comment? Question? Who? Pushkar has a question? Oh, <laughs> or a comment. <laughs> I was just going to throw out. There's a, one of the little verses in CC where it says, Govinda Paranam, and I forgot the first part, Bengali, Krishna Kagura. And the last part of that sloka was, Govinda Paranam. Govinda is his main name. Govinda is his main name. Yeah, so you can explain what the relation between. Why is it? Krishna has so many name, main yeah. names, but one is original. One is the origin of all the main names. So could Govinda still be his main name? Why not? <laughs> Govinda Mari Purusha. We worship Govinda, the primeval Lord. Uh, it could, it, it, and it, it may be depending on whether you're talking about Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojan. Yeah. So Abhideya is Govinda. So if, if we're thinking about Abhideya, Govinda is our main name in one sense. Yeah, that's right. In one sense. <laughs> Yeah. Any other questions? Jaya. Oh, one more. <laughs> I gotta ask. So this fellow in India, he won a Prabhupada's watch? Oh yeah. So how the hell did he afford a ticket to South Africa to scale No, no, South India. Oh alright. South India. Alright, so he probably went free on the train. <laughs> unreserved. <laughs> unreserved. He probably so went free. <laughs> no, yeah, he was a street kid, and you know, he, he saw he saw Prophet's poster. They put up Prophet's poster on the street, and he got attracted. <laughs> See, yeah, in, in in those days in India, you could just go hop on the train and go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go. They go through the windows, you know. And <laughs> if you go unreserved. <laughs> I've traveled unreserved in the old days, not now. Um, another question? Oh. And just a clarification. Clarification. Um, he's got a, a BTG actually in jail. And that's how he, he saw that picture. Oh, he got a BTG in jail. Really? Oh, you were there. He came to the temple, we were there. Wow. He got a BTG in jail. <laughs> 
I had my camera, and he was looking at my camera for a I want that. I taught him about a little bit about camera work, and Bishaka gave him his first set of fees. I guess anyone just be proud of him. Amazing. He, he got a BTG in two. Haridas, yeah. Yeah, I, I read about his initiation, and Prabhupada wanted to initiate him, and, and, and what Giraj Maharaj was saying, no, no, no. <laughs> you, were you there for that? His initiation? Yes. We were taking film. There was a film of his initiation. Yeah. But he was in the kitchen, and, and uh, he was asking what, what was going on outside, and it was initiation. But he had a service in the kitchen, so he wanted to find out what is initiation. So we asked for the initiation ceremony, and Prabhupada initiated it. Amazing time to be continued. And he does call me, of course, writing his book now. Yeah. So we're eager to see him. So he became a filmmaker because of learning. Yeah, he's in charge of that ITV, yeah? Yeah, he started ITV. He started ITV in India. Very successful. Yeah, yeah. And I'll start it with you. It all started with you showing him how to use the camera. <laughs> okay, anybody? Finish? I'll go to share